Welcome to Brand Designs, the podcast where we follow the stories from brand owners, founders and senior leaders in retail and e-commerce as they share their incredible journeys as entrepreneurs, innovators and troubleshooters. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome again to the latest in the series of Brands Designs, where we're meeting with John Lashley from the Brooklyn Brand Company. And uh, alongside me today, we have uh, Nathan Lomax, um, as well from Quickfire Digital. So good morning, guys. Good morning, John. Morning. Morning, guys. Lovely to see you. John, thanks so much for coming on. And James, good to see you as always. The, the first kind of question we always love to ask our kind of guests on the series is kind of what made you start uh, the Brooklyn Brownie Company? Well, backstory of Brooklyn Brownie Company. Um, well, the thing was, as a family, I, I had to pivot very quickly. Um, and the thing was, I was making these brownie bases because my, my real training is I've got a, a BFA in digital uh, and computer graphics and fine arts. Then I went on to get my master's in digital media and design. And I've worked in a lot of broadcast, film, and advertising for the past 15 years plus, working for brands like Jaguar Land Rover, Coca-Cola, Castrol, things of that nature. And I just couldn't keep doing the London run anymore. My son, he had to move into the family home permanently um, because on the weekend that I had my son, um, unfortunately, my my son's mother, she committed suicide on that weekend. Uh, So I could no longer live the freelance type of consultant life I was. I needed to be around for my son and make sure he had a solid platform. So we pretty much pivoted permanently that weekend and I had to figure out a way to start making a real income. We we started to play around with the Brooklyn Brownie Company two weeks before prior that, Uh, but it was a, a kind of a joke, kind of fun, something for myself and Leo to do whenever he came over every other weekend and during the week. But then I saw I needed him to know dad was always in the house, in the family home. He could reach me at a moment's notice. Uh, and with that, we, we, we started to throw everything into it. Um, something that we used to do was uh, go into the gym quite a bit because we have a commercial gym in, in the house. Being an American, you got to be a nut like that. But we realized that we didn't really communicate that much in the gym. We just played house music and trained. Typical guy stuff, which was quite foolish. Uh, now that I look back at it, you, you think you have this much education, you're a different type of male, but you're not. You actually fall back into that old stereotype, unfortunately. Oddly enough, when we decorate and do the mundane tasks daily, where there wasn't really any music blasting or we had to be macho or focused on our reps, we kind of would open up. Uh, and Leo opened up a heck of a lot, you know, and he, he mentioned his mom quite a bit. Um, you know, oh, did mom like this? Oh, I know mom liked hazelnut, you know. How did that happen with you guys? You know, you being allergic to this or just the main, the little questions that will be asked or, or the concerns or how he was feeling that day. And I realized, well, us just doing this, you know, building this little business and, and doing these small orders initially uh, is helping us, man. Uh, helping us communicate because we weren't really getting that much support. So in a way, the start of Brooklyn Brownie Company was the start of myself and Leo's relationship on communicating effectively. Uh, so to me, it has a huge significance in our lives. So it almost became a, a form of therapy for you guys in terms of mm. kind of really kind of it, it's focusing on the little details, the small bits that kind of brought you together into kind of 
building this as a business. So does does your son still work with you in the business and kind of help out and do what he yeah. from the day one? Leo is a co-owner. <clears throat> Leo's a co-owner. He's a 50-50 owner. Uh, his cash goes into an ISA. Um, and he he pretty much builds half the brand that I can't eat because I'm allergic to anything nut-based. So he tells me what tastes good. And he's just a, he's a really techie child. And he just loves, I guess, doing it because he had to move everything. He had to move schools. He had to find new friends. Uh, he had to move back into the family home permanently. Uh, and all those things are a bit scary. So the handy thing was when we started the business and started pushing everything, we had a big spread in the local paper. So when he went into school, I think it was day one or day two that went out in the local paper. So the next day, suddenly he came back home smiling. He was like ecstatic. He was like, everybody's calling me the brownie kid, man. Everybody's calling me. Like, yeah, they're asking me like I'm a dealer and stuff. They, I got brownies on me. Um, he's like, everybody wants to be my friend. And I was like, in a way, I kind of smiled because I knew how media worked just because of the whole uh, chip and doubles thing. I, I had all my contacts um, and I was able to quickly implement that for our business and for him. And it just took such a strain off my shoulders because I didn't think anymore about my son being the quiet child at school, the sad kid. I knew that suddenly he was the popular kid. Everybody, if they didn't know his name, Leo, they would call him little dude or, yo, you're the brownie kid. And it just kind of gave him that confidence boost and that icebreaker. He needed to be in a new territory. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. John, it's an incredible story and a really heartwarming one for, for those listening. How old is Leo now? Leo's now 13. Amazing. Yeah. So he's 13. He's co-founder in this business, and it seems to be going from strength to strength. Now, one question I'm keen to ask is, obviously, for those that don't know, and we were talking before we came on air about your kind of side hustle or other ventures, a lot of entrepreneurs yeah. and, and founders that we talk to, particularly in the food and drink space, have a couple of different side ventures, and sometimes they find it difficult to focus on one. Do you think that the chip and doubles has helped you grow the brownie company or actually has it sometimes held you back because you've had to spread focus too thinly between both ventures being on the chip and double is a whole look-alike thing uh it was something that i accidentally fell into i didn't expect to become a mr t look-alike or whatever else or the only professional mr t look like in the world before uh, i came to the uk like i said i didn't know what a look like was uh accidentally fell into it and it's been interesting it didn't spread me too thin i would say it allowed me to hone some skills that I didn't have. So it threw me into the deep end. You know what I mean? Uh, a joke that I have with most lookalikes and entertainers is I kind of go, hey, have you, uh, you know, when I see them in the green room, like, have you picked up your unicycle yet? And um, the ones who worked with me before, they start laughing, they're like, yeah, 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 but, uh, but the new one's like, what? And I'm like, well, that's kind of like what our world is. We go to a gig, we usually aren't told what it's going to be, especially if it's agency driven. Uh, and then suddenly you're speaking in front of 400 cardiologists about heart surgery. Um, and that's happened to me twice now. So it teaches you to think on your feet, be confident, and be able to read a room very quickly. And when you're dealing with people one-on-one -on -one or even in a room setting, uh, it's handy when it comes to negotiating and uh, being able to communicate effectively. It really is. It certainly adds a skill set that most people wouldn't be able to learn in business. That ability to, you know, for, for quite a lot of owner founders, when you the first time you have to kind of go and speak to a reasonably large group of people is sometimes in a pitch event or into a funding round when you're going out and doing a, a pitch video for crowdfunding, for example. People are very judgmental. 
and especially on the initial, you know, readings of people. And uh, it's a funny one. It's a very funny one and something that I try not to do. And I've taught Leo uh, my best to try, you know, don't don't judge a book by its cover. I know it's very cliche, but unfortunately, a lot of people do. And being Mr. T, this character that is over the top, he seems very aggressive and so on and so forth. You know, people wouldn't think, oh, this guy, he turned down a PhD at 21. Uh, you know what I mean? They're just thinking, oh, this Mr. T looking characters in front of me. Um, and they wouldn't deep dive and try to figure out, you know, or when you start to explain to them what your real job is or what you usually do during the day, uh, they're kind of like, oh, no, nah, you're joking. You know, come on, get out of here, Mr. T. But yes, it gave us this, or it gave me the skills to figure out when marketing teams employ you and waste their uh, company's money, uh, how to do a marketing campaign effectively, and also roughly what large, what medium and small marketing budgets look like. Because oddly enough, I kind of say lookalikes and entertainers are almost like a, we have the behind the scenes overview that janitors get. Because most people in businesses and offices don't realize that the janitor gets a hell of a lot of information walking through them offices. So when I was walking through some very large businesses, uh, I could see their marketing budgets on the whiteboards. I could see what projects were coming up. Well, yeah, Mr. T's there serving tea with my tea trolley. But in about a month and a half's time, For Real Effects is going to tap you up for uh, some marketing <laughs> digital that I know you guys actually need. Um, <laughs> and I'll know exactly how to undercut and find out <laughs> and then come in under budget. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very cool one. Very, very cool one to be almost be like a, a double agent. Uh, and, and it has helped me out very, very much, especially being able to work with the media, have the media contacts. Uh, we haven't paid a penny for advertising to get where we are. On Instagram, we're close to 23,000 followers since starting in July 2019. Um, and that's primarily where we get most of our sales from driving through Instagram. I mean, John, it's been an uh, incredible rise since 2019, as you say. Is there anything... Going back, is there anything you think, Crumbs, I wish we could change that or we should have done that differently? Um, no, not – well, in this growth journey to date, I, I wouldn't say uh, that I would change anything. You know, we've been able to weather the storm of COVID, uh, a family tragedy, and and just kind of growing together as a father and son uh, and living in a totally different family dynamic. So to tell you the truth, the fact that we've come through that – healthy happy and uh and safe and with a really cool relationship i think i think we've done pretty well um leo is the youngest person in the uk to have received two great british entrepreneur awards uh we've re recently won the northampton business excellence awards uh, he's also one of the youngest people to have done that i do these for leo's pat on the back uh because i like him to feel all the hours that we were doing during COVID, you know, going to bed at 4 a.m. and stuff like that, <laughs> they, they meant something. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we've we've done a lot with our little business uh, very quickly. How, do, how does Leo balance his time working with you and Xbox <laughs> or PlayStation? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I think he's. I don't know. If he, I mean, he's more of an Oculus kid. He's always on that thing. Wow. Uh, yeah, um, we got that for his birthday, and uh, it just helped him out during COVID. It was this little escape. Um, he knocked over quite a bit of things. <laughs> running around with his <laughs> he runs around with the sticks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fell into the wall. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he does. He does balance his life now. Uh, we 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 keep 
going over our production pipeline until we hone it where both individuals are are, are happy, you know, and healthy. Uh, Easter weekend, I kind of showed the family that, yeah, you can push your body a little bit too far. I had to go into the emergency room. Uh, they thought I was having the beginnings of what was a heart attack or whatever else. Um, and then when they looked me over and, and did a deep dive into my body, there was nothing wrong. I was just severely exhausted, uh, severely, severely exhausted. And uh and yeah, and, and from that weekend, we just ramped everything back. And the handy thing is about when your selling area is on social media and the people know you and you know your brand and everybody's actually buying into you, you're able to speak to them and they buy into you, they buy into your journey. And it was as easy as that. When I was walking out of the emergency room, I popped up our live and I started talking to everyone and we got nothing but tons of inboxes saying, yo, pause my order, just get better. Uh, this is, you know, this is ridiculous, guys. You, John, you have the weekend off, bro. Um, and everybody just sees us as main dude and little dude, and they just want the best for us. We no longer have customers, and we never wanted to have customers. We wanted people and family, extended family, that would come on our journey. And that's what it feels like we have. Almost every uh, purchase comes usually with a large tip. Um, we've had a lot of funding for our brownie ambulance that we purchased. And we just have a hell of a lot cooler relationship, I think, than your standard, I guess, corner shop or, or bakery. John, I'm dying to know more about this brownie ambulance. Perhaps yeah. you can just share a little bit about that. What is this brownie ambulance that you talk about? <laughs> oh, man. Dude, when you have a son who's British, he, he wants everything American. Uh, so <laughs> Leo got hugely into the whole food truck thing. And uh, he was like, yeah, Dad, let's get a food truck. And I was like, cool, let's do it, man. Uh, it's just like our flamethrower, you know. Well, not a flamethrower. He's like, yo, let's get one. I, I did look at that in the background. I really wanted to. Is it like a PB gun for imposters? Exactly. Yeah, Elon Musk right there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like um, it's these things. You know, we don't really, you know, we don't go out partying. We don't go out doing crazy things. Uh, so on the whim, when we see something cool, we get it. Uh, so it was an ambulance. We found it. It was an American ambulance up in Scotland. Uh, and they had it brought down and we have it being tricked out at shred and butter and they are revamping it for us. And right now it looks gorgeous. So oddly enough, Northumbria in 1997, they purchased three American ambulances and they brought them over and that was part of their fleet. Um, two of them have disappeared. Luckily enough, we found this one and, uh, we're bringing it back to its glory, man. And it's, uh, it's going to be. It's going to be all American and insane. So the sirens work, lights work. Um, and yeah, we, uh, we've put a lot of work into it. And uh, Jake, it's going to be a fun doing a road trip. Oh, do I, I can yeah, the thing is, say, I think we need to get them down up to Norfolk for a bit of a, 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 coastal, <laughs> a coastal road trip on the Brownie Ambulance. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Uh, we are actually going to tour the UK in it, um, not just selling, because we've had so many... I guess friends online that we've uh, we found who are fellow bakers, who, pe who people we we vibe with, uh, pizza makers, and people who have had to pivot lifestyles during COVID, and uh, who have followed our stories. So we're gonna go from town to town that they're in, and uh, just chill with them, man, and do a little documentary about like our pretty much our journey through the whole thing, and just finally meeting these people face to face. Because some of these people you you chat to online, and they're full of tears and. They want to explain their story with you uh, and you really bond, man. Uh, COVID has been a real, I guess, reset button for so many businesses and so many people. Um, 
and to watch how others have navigated through it has been uh, has been phenomenal. So yeah, we've made some really tight friends, and we're gonna go visit them with the ambo. Um, the cool thing about the ambulance, the inside, it looks like a coffee bar. It's all wood paneled out, uh, gorgeous wooden steel, uh, a lot like our kitchen now, our commercial kitchen. Uh, and it's gonna have about three GoPros linked up, so it looks like studio settings all the time. And Leo's gonna do food reviews in there uh, and edit them while I'm driving back from wherever we go. We've been on the on the quest to find the perfect New York pizza, man. And uh, unfortunately, we just haven't found it yet. So um, it's something we do as a hobby. Every weekend, we usually hop in the car and go to a, a place that's flying the American flag. And we try to see if they are actually doing it justice. <laughs> so around new ideas is, you know, the ambulance is, was one of those kind of instantaneous Leo ideas that you've gone right let's 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 do this how how do you guys come up with a new idea for a brownie or a or a new recipe idea the foundation of every brownie comes from the basic bitch uh which is the foundation of all brownies those used to be my incentive treats when i'd go into a new studio to keep people from leaving early on a friday because uh, people love leaving early on a friday to go to the pub or whatever else but if you bring in a significant amount of treats for them they feel extremely guilty uh <laughs> about bouncing early <laughs> So, uh, yeah, John wasn't a nice guy. John was just a very manipulative dude. <laughs> that was it. I needed to make friends quickly, man. And I needed people to feel in debt real fast uh, because I was the freelancer. Everyone knew I was getting paid triple of whatever everyone else was getting paid. So there was no pity for me. It was just pretty much like, oh, forget him. But on the first Friday, I brought in snacks. Everybody's like, oh, John's amazing. But like, yeah, John wants you to stay till seven. But it all kind of popped up from there. And then me and Leo, we honed it, honed it, honed it into what it is today. And then we put whatever, whatever this is the fashionable kind of candy, because, you know, candy trends change. Yeah, uh, fashionably, we place them on top of the brownie uh, and we make sure that they work for our taste palette. Uh, if I can't eat it, Leo eats it, and my partner Becky, she eats them, and yeah, they tell me if it tastes all right. In my brain, I still try to remember back to four years old when my throat started to close when I ate a peanut to think that the crunch is right or this will be right or whatever else, and then I just pretty much verify it with Leo and Becky, and uh, and they tell me yes, you know this this works or oh my god, this tastes like trash. But uh, recently, we've been trying to break the brownie, so we've made kimchi and fried chicken top brownie. Uh, and that tasted actually phenomenal. We've tried a uh, pickle top brownie. That tastes actually really good as well. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's a hard one. We're going to figure it out though. I, I might put mac and cheese inside one, then we'll see. <laughs> John, one topic we talk about a lot with owner founders is around a support network and those around you, not only that, that inspire you, but are there to help you. You mentioned Becky there and your kind of other half. Is, is there anyone on this journey who has been there to support you through all of this? Oh my goodness. I definitely say I, I've really won the lottery with this one. My partner, Becky, she's been very emotionally supportive through the entire thing. Uh, and she's been a huge safety net for myself and Leo. I don't think she gives herself enough credit. Uh, she, you know, because she's, I guess you could say a quote unquote, semi stepmom's friend type of thing uh, to Leo. Uh, she didn't really know her place for a very long time with him. Until finally I told her, you know, you claim your place to a child, you know what I mean? Uh, I came from a family where um, my father was technically my stepfather. He came into my life when I was around uh, nine months or so. Uh, so to me, he's dad. He's always claimed the role as dad as well. Um, and when I initially moved uh, over here and married Leo's mom, 
she had, you know, was already uh, a created family. So I had to take the role of dad in that family as well. And there were, you know, a few older children and so on and so forth. Uh, but I took it like it was duck to water. It was in my brain, you know, you're just a parental figure. You're not really a father or a mother, you're just a parental figure. These two adults are parental figures. Like if the neighbor's kids come into our house, which they've done before when we you know, had a barbecue and stuff, uh, and I've, I've explained to them, you know, cause they, they come up to me like, oh, John, can I have this? And I'm like, no, you haven't eaten yet. And they're like, oh, and off they go. And their parents will be like, how, how did you do that? I was like, children are like animals. Humans are like animals. They're looking for pack, you know, pack leader. Or whatever else they know that me and becky own this house and they're going to come to us and ask us questions and permission now if i just kind of fluff them off or whatever else yeah they'd disrespect me just like they're disrespecting you <laughs> but they know john's an american and john will say yo what the hell are you doing kick it out of my fridge you know what i mean um and that's it becky took that took that lead and uh leo loves her He's absolutely in love with these bonkers about her. They go out walking the dog um, and everything else. It's, it's such a lovely relationship when I get to see them, like if I'm away and I see them on social media doing things and I'm like, it's, I just know I've got this amazing safety net that loves my son ridiculously. And yeah, she helps to soften the house because I kind of say, if she wasn't here and there was another version of me, yes, the house would run extremely efficiently, but it will be Thanos's house. Um, that's it. It would, it would be an ice cold machine, baby. But uh, with her and it, it, it works really well. Uh, very, very well. So, John, what about the business side of things? Obviously, Becky's been there to give you that emotional support, and that's super important when anyone's going through this entrepreneurial journey. But have you managed to connect with anyone that's kind of been there, seen it, done it in the brownie space or the baking space or the home delivery space to really help guide you along this journey? Oddly enough, not not, not really. I kind of had to figure out our pipelines all ourselves. Handily enough is I've always been brought in as the digital expert to figure out businesses, digital pipelines. Uh, so that type of brain is already, or that pipeline setup is already in my head, trying to figure out assets within the business that already exist and how to use them most effectively. Um, and how to, I guess, minimize uh, using up, spending your budget. So if you have 5K, how can I take that 5K and boost your pipeline that you have a little bit better? So we pretty much use that digital pipeline for our physical pipeline. Uh, and we first started our entire business with just a jug and a fork, in all honesty. That's hanging in the kitchen. And now we've got industrial mixers and everything else. And it kind of shows, you know, I mean, everything was created from that 50 bucks and the jug and the fork. And the business has been completely self-funded from that and from brownies. We didn't put any more money into it, any credit, anything. And it kind of just shows, you know, just work modularly um, with what you have. Be happy with what you have. Be engaging online and on social media and uh, you will grow effectively. Can I just ask a little bit about that zero spend marketing piece? Because loads of clients to us are always coming and saying, how do I spend less on my on my growth pattern? And how have you found, because social media sounds as though that has been your key driver to to growth and reaching out to people and engaging with people can you just tell us a, a little bit about maybe the three key things that you kind of put in place to kind of really solidify that strategy for a small business um get over being shy in all honesty but get over being shy uh people buy from people 
I know there's quite a few people and businesses that I know that I'm friends with. And uh, they kind of feel, well, in my head, I'm already that multi-billion dollar business that nobody knows who Ferrero Rocher is made of or, or you know, whoever Welch's great jelly is made from. And I'm like, yeah, but at some point that dude or woman or whatever were knocking on doors and asking people to buy those chocolates initially. And that was way before social was what it is. In all honesty, if I'm going to buy something from someone online that's an independent business, I will buy quicker from somebody who I see pop up or somebody I pretty much associate with, like another family business. So I always kind of say, let people know you, you know what I mean? Don't be irritating, but let people know the real you, uh, chat with them and let them know that there's a, a person behind that product and that you're helping an independent small business, not some fake conglomerate. Uh, I know there's the whole fake it till you make it nonsense and all that stuff. Um, but if you make yourself look too big, which is something we've also had to struggle with uh, because brand new people coming into our followings think that we're like an Amazon, think that we'll get them their brownies tomorrow uh, and that they're just mass produced. And this is why we constantly are on our stories, also popping up our, uh, our updates and just making sure that they understand it's one and a half dudes actually making this product. And, uh, and it's a journey. People want to go on a journey with people and they want to realize that their money is helping and funding that journey. And that's when you actually don't have customers anymore. You have real followers and really engaging individuals who are going to share your material because you can post as much as you want, but you're just throwing that into the ether. Now, what you want are people to actually ingest that, like that, interact with it, share it on their timelines and be willing to do that like it's nothing, you know, and then that's, that's half your marketing done right there, man. You just have to create the content. I think that's that bit around the ambulance piece you were talking about. That's such a great vehicle for creating new content. Um, but it still sounds as though it's still about you and your extended family as you're talking about it, you know, traveling the, traveling the country, reaching out and kind of finding those extended family members that you can kind of bring, bring to the truck, bring to the ambulance and kind of really engage with them again. And it's just great. It will be great content. I'm pretty much assured of it based upon our conversation today. I'm sure that will be awesome. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that, that was the whole uh, idea of it. I mean, before COVID, right, we had uh, so many things planned. So we had this thing that was April Fools in 2019. Um, we, <laughs> we, we put it out there. We were just like, oh, yeah, if you get a tattoo, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it spiraled. People started like messaging us for the vectors. And we were like, uh, all right. So we quickly changed it from, from if, if it's not an April Fool's joke. If you get this tattoo, you'll get whatever. And yeah, that was like already two, three people with the tattoo on them. And we were like, what the hell? Um, and yeah, they're now family for life. But when we put that out there, we wanted Brooklyn Brownie to be kind of like One Piece. I worked with One Piece, the the onesie brand um, quite a bit. Uh, they're like the luxury onesie brand. And it was cool, their vibe and everything else. And this was me working with them as Mr. T and stuff like that and seeing their marketing campaigns, what they do. They have these parties, they have these events, they take people places, they have fun with them. It's very Grammy, you know what I mean? So in my head, I was like, well, I'm not the pretty people Gram, we're on a yacht type of thing. We're more of the American come to my house and I'm going to barbecue for you type of thing. Uh, and we're going to have an amazing party. Like, you know, just not like boozing everywhere, but just a family vibe because we have a huge backyard. Um, and I've got this amazing barbecue and me and Leo love to cook. 
So we wanted more of a family, an extended family thing, because that's what we were creating with the brand. Unfortunately, COVID happened and we couldn't do that. You can have people over and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, we have people with tattoos who are, you know, pretty much a VIP and things of that nature. So we send them boxes and everything else. Um, but that's part of the ambulance as well. If we can't bring the barbecue to you or the party to you, uh, you know, to, to, uh, you can't come to us, we're going to come to you. And we're going to go to our extended family, meet them, have a damn good time because it is basically a party bus. You know, it's two crazy guys, you know, two, a man child and a kid uh, created this thing. So it's got speakers on the outside. It's got a 52 inch TV on the inside, Leo's Oculus and everything else. Uh, it's it's crazy. Um, and we're just pretty much made a hype vehicle like our brownies. And uh, we're going to bring that party to them because we think that they deserve it. John, when do you think is going to be the right time to start expanding the empire and start building a team and taking on more people so it's not just yourself and Leo growing this business? Yeah, um, we are going to be in that situation, I'd say, in about six months. Six months to a year, most definitely. We've started to get inquiries from uh, schools and things of that nature, things that we never really thought of. You know, all of our business... This is the weird one that everybody's like, oh, you guys are strange. All of our business, we've never gone out to find. We've only really thought about this whole platform as a, a customer. They're direct to customer. You know, they, they'd come to our website and they would buy, you know, brownies and everything else. We never wanted this wholesale. So when we talk to other bakers and things of that nature, they're kind of like, oh, who are your clients? I mean, are, are you making sure that you're, you're keeping them happy? And I'm like, yeah, they're going to get our brownies. And that's about it. It's kind of like, and we audit everyone who comes to us. That was the alien thing within Northampton, because most of the bakers and everybody else would be like looking, you know, actively seeking out places to sell their brownies in or their cakes or whatever else. We didn't. People came to us because they saw us growing quickly. And then myself and Leo kind of went, well, why should we sell our product half price to you? You know, how are you going to help us grow? So everyone that we actually stock is also advertising for us. And that's part of the deal. They need to have a decent enough platform or they need to have a decent enough voice and want to share us as, you know, almost like they're, it is their product uh, for us to deal with them. Uh, we didn't want everybody repping our brand to just be like, oh, there's another cake in the window. No, if you're going to have our product, we're the only product, dessert product in your building. Um, and that's how it works. Uh, or you're a really close friend. Uh, there are a few of them who, who are around as well. So it's that type of thing. But with the government contracts like the schools, uh, the volumes that they're looking for, we are stretched at volumes now. We could get 10,000 out of our own kitchen right now, 10,000 brownies a week. Um, but with the volumes that they're looking at, and I think just like with the restaurant trade and the cafe trade that has slowly growed, uh, grown in Northampton and well, Bristol and, and other, a few other places uh, that we stock, we can see that once these two schools uh, get some, others are going to want some as well. They love the whole idea that pretty much a student is making the brownies as well. They love that whole story. But we want to make sure volume and quality is up there. So this is our apprehension with bringing other people on. It's quite tough, you know what I mean. When you've created, when you've created this product with uh, with your kid, uh, he can look at things, you know, even the boxes <laughs> to get like the stickers on and stuff. He's looking at them. He's like, "What were they? Were they drunk? Were they were they, were they cockeyed today? What's going on?" Here? <laughs> he's like, "It's like it's a box. What's going on here?" And he talks to Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> you know, 
not only is this your baby and your business with Leo's, but actually because of everything that's gone on around it, there will be such an emotional attachment to it that letting other people get involved and adjust it and play with it and try and grow it is going to be a really difficult journey to go on. It's going to be a tough one, but we look forward to it, man. I mean, we, we're going to try to surround ourselves with people we really trust. Uh, and like I said, feel like extended family. Two of the people who have had tattoos, they seriously really want to work for us. Um, and, and we'd love to have them. You know what I mean? It's just trying to make sure that we get the right premises uh, because we would like a premises that allows for about 40% or 50% automation of the product with wrapping and things of that nature. We do want hand decoration always um, because it just looks better. It's nicer. Um, but there, there is a significant amount of, uh, of automation that can be happening now. We just don't have the facility for it. And that just comes down to kind of, again, hopefully boosting the margins you have within your product, kind of mm -hmm. giving, well, not just that, but also the ability to service a larger volume per week uh, to kind of continue driving that growth. But, you know, one thing you that's very clear that's come out from today is your, your set of values you have, the people you're selling to, it, you know, whether it's corporates or whether it's potentially wholesale in the future, you're, you're, you're looking and making sure that they have similar brand values to you. They're kind of treating their customers in the same way that you treat yours. Oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, we have about, I think, eight people, eight, well, not people, but eight places in Northampton. And oddly enough, these guys, I mean, these people, we can hang out with them because they are pretty much extended versions of us. Their values, how they act, how they treat their customers are pretty much as straight as us. Um, and it's lovely. And then the ones that we, uh, there's a, there's a, place out in Surrey that, that they they also do um, our, they sell our brownies, a uh, place in Bristol and another place up north. They all just have that extended family vibe and we dig it. Uh, we Like I said, we have been approached by some other businesses that have only focused on margin. Their first question was how much? Um, and then when we tell them it's, you know, and we send them the, the letter, it's pretty much straight up. It's black and white there. It's always, oh, but if I buy this much and it's just like, like we don't do that game we really don't because we don't need it <laughs> i mean selling to wholesale is actually a stress for us right now we're stretched enough with just direct customer um and we're doing extremely well in that market and you know we do really well with what we're doing wholesale wise um because it's helped our social media growth as well uh and yeah right now if we kept the business as is we'd be golden uh in all honesty um with the with the vehicle coming on hand and being a, a secondary business which is allowing us to do events uh pop-ups and all that stuff that's ridiculous you know what i mean in itself uh that vehicle is going to earn x amount just on that now if we go into the whole youtube style of things and content creation on that as well because everything that we purchase has to have multi-purpose in our life that's a whole nother spin-off you know what i mean because Myself and Leo, an American and this little half a Brit kid running around in this American ambulance, checking out American food in the UK. Uh, I don't know why that's not being paid to be produced, you know what I mean? But I'm happy that we'll have creative control over it. Um, so it kind of shows that we know that that will sell. Uh, we're also planning on doing a series of animations. I don't know if you've seen our latest one uh, of Little Dude and Main Dude. 3D animations that we've uh, we've created and uh, had commissioned, um, all about grief and just life and dealing with real life situations. So it'll be almost like Poco Yo, 
but for real life situations. That's exactly what the brief was when I when I commissioned the team to to create it, and we're happy with the overall look and the the, the reception of this uh, our story in pretty much under a minute. Uh, and we've thrown down the gauntlet. We've asked other businesses, you know, can you tell your story in under a minute? And uh, without one word, because uh, we were able to do that with our animation. So from that, we'd like to do that and also a series of children's books. So, you know, we have a lot of things planned on our plate, uh, but in our pipeline, we'll make sure it gets done. So, John, one of the questions I've got is a little game James and I like to play with owner founders is to ask them if you were to affiliate yourself with a brand or a celebrity to endorse your product or to be the champion of your product that you think actually really represents your brand, who would it be and why? Uh, Alan from Grenade. I absolutely love Alan. Uh, we're friends on Facebook and uh, I knew him. And the odd, odd thing is I met him just when it was about to go bust or skyrocket. I met him in uh, 2010 at Body Power Expo uh, as Mr. T. And that's the that's the expo when he went with that tank. Yeah, and he had, the very, basically I think they only had 700 bucks in their bank account and, uh, and they spent it all on that bloody show. And it was just a basic tank with a banner and some built dudes doing reps on them. And they just had the basic shakers and the little things. And I kept walking by and I was like, this is, this guy's crazy. You know what I mean? I was just like, this is cool, man. You know, there was the only stand that I was kept going, wow, this is really cool. So, you know, um, Leo's mom I was like, this, this kick ass is something off with this guy. He's, he's kind of crazy. Um, everybody else had their little cubicles and it was just like, oh, so-and-so is here. And he had a freaking tank. You know what I mean? I was like, this is sick. Um, and it really, it really um, made me think, oh man, this is out of the box thinker. And then when I made friends with him um, and I started to follow his journey and see what he was all about, it, it's just so close to what we had and what we've been doing. It, it's insane. You know what I mean? And, and I just love how driven him and his wife are and just how family oriented and, uh, and straight talking <laughs> they are because it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And one thing I can't stand are, um, are people who don't speak their mind uh, and actually say what they, what they mean. Uh, me and Leo both can't stand that because uh, it wastes a lot of time. If you're not into something, you're not into something, say it. Uh, so yeah, Defo Allen and his wife from Grenade, uh, they, they're really huge inspirations. And especially the fact that they've just recently sold, again, uh, part of the business to, um, I forget the name of them. So from 2010 to where they are now, uh, it, it, it's stunning. But they haven't changed their approach in that time at all. It's nope. always them up front. It's always them as the kind of really kind of being yeah. the people trying to create an extended family. Because let's be honest, the people that buy, you see grenades um, bars in, in my local Shell station now. And it's like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's pretty much everywhere. But the same premise for them has always stuck, has it? hasn't it? It, it? I suppose it comes back to your story. It's kind of creating that emotional connection with people and kind of extolling your values and virtues into 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 them and finding those people that are actually really really passionate about what they're doing and your brand completely and and the cool thing about grenade is when you buy it or you see somebody eating a grenade bar or something like that it it, it says something you kind of already start to go i kind of know that person man you mm -hmm. know what i mean they chose grenade out of all of the other uh bars that there are out there and uh it's absolutely fantastic. And, and, and it's what you want. You want that brand recognition an association, like almost a gang or a club, just by purchasing or holding that, that product. Um, and they've done it so effectively. It's, it's beautiful. 
John, I've got a question uh, as we look to wrap up today's session around for those in a similar position to yourself, maybe at the start of their entrepreneurial journey, just starting out, what words of wisdom would you part with to say, actually, if you do anything, just do this? Learn from others. Learn from the failures of others. Uh, don't be ashamed to uh, to DM another business or what you believe is a competitor. That's something that myself and Leo broke the mold in. Uh, when we went into the baking world and onto a social media, there weren't really many people who looked like us and had our approach. Um, so we were huge disruptors in the bakery community. And, uh, and with that, we've kind of made a huge circle where everybody started chatting and being a lot more open, a lot freer, because we'd share the people's stuff like it was nothing, you know, because we liked them. You know, yeah, they're making brownies as well. Who cares? There's enough customers for everybody, man. And it's just like, just be open. Don't think everybody's a competition. Everybody's a company. The only person who's really competition is Amazon. And you got to remember, they killed Toys R Us, so I'm not happy with them, man. I'm an 80s kid. Um, so, so for independence, I always say, yo, guys, the only person we're competing with is Mr. Bezos, you know what I mean, and Amazon. Yeah. So let's, let's pause on that one. Uh, let's all love each other. There's more than enough people out there who want to buy our products. Um, so don't be nasty to another independent. There's no need for it. So DM uh, somebody who's already doing what you'd like to do or something similar. So because some people aren't as open as us um, so, and do that. So you learn from other people's mistakes. Contact a brand like that. Don't really get caught up in the generic coaching uh, situations because there are a lot of coaches out there who will say that they coach, but I don't really know what they're coaching. They're not coaching a small bakery or a small sauce startup or whatever else. Uh, you don't need somebody who'll go, oh, this is what you need to do X, Y, Z to get to here, whatever margin or whatever amount. No, I need to be told what a depositor is. I need to know what ovens work. I need to know, you know, what pipelines work effectively quickly. You know what I mean? Maybe I need to chat to that guy uh, next year, but I need to figure out somebody who's already done it, somebody who's gotten the tools um, and will help fast track me. Because for the first six months, you don't want to be wasting money on semi-pro tools that will burn out break or whatever else you want to buy things once and make sure that they work in your pipeline without wasting money um and i've done that for quite a few businesses um you know help guide them and even link them to products and everything else you just need to be able to start running quickly and if you could get advice from somebody already doing it that's the best way to do it fantastic john i can't thank you enough for your time today i really appreciate it especially when you're probably no, mid-mix um, at some point in time, we're going to have to ask whether you can fire up the boring company flamethrower at some point in the future of the video. We'd love to see that. Possibly roasting some marshmallows just for the kicks. It would be fine. Um, but um, me and the team are absolutely going to be diving into a Cinnabon. So, uh, John, thank you from the Brooklyn uh, Brownie Company. Anyone who really wants to go and check out their product, uh, brooklynbrownieco.com and uh, order yourself a, a, a box of brownies uh, shipped to your door. I think they're going to pretty much keep the team there at least till 7 on a Friday. I'm lying because they disappear off at 5.30 to the pub opposite when we're back in the office. Um, but um, thank you again. It's much appreciated from myself and Nathan, and we're going to keep a close eye on the, on the brownie journey, probably from the bottom of an empty box. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been fantastic. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Brand Designs. Make sure you follow us on social at the Armoury Agency to be notified as we release each new episode. 
And if you're a brand owner or know someone who'd love to be part of our next series, drop us an email to social at the armory.agency. See you next time.